Ramirez, your host of Stand Out and Grow. I want to help your business stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. Building your business is really, really hard. And knowing what marketing and advertising tools you need to help you become successful is extremely confusing. After 30 years of working with thousands of businesses, I am here to help you make good business decisions. I want to help you understand the programs that are available to you so that you can stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. So let's get started. Hey there, this is Kat. Thank you for joining me on my Stand Out and Grow live podcast. Today, I have a very special guest. Uh, it is Brian Davison, who is co-founder of Match Node. Uh, I hope I'm saying that right. And um, he's going to come on and we're going to talk about lead generation and e-commerce conversion with ads. So whether they're Google ads or Facebook ads or social media ads, whatever the case may be. He's the expert though. So Brett, without further ado, let me bring uh, Brian on. Hey, Brian. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for joining me on our, yep. Stand out and grow podcast. So if you could just intro yourself and give people, viewers, listeners, uh, a little background about who you are and what you do. Sure. So uh, we started MatchNode uh, 10 years ago, uh, being hyper-focused on conversion. But I've really been in the digital advertising space since the very beginning, you know, going back to when I graduated college in 2004. I skipped two years being a ski bum, uh, and then I dove full in on 2006. Uh, so I was running ads back in the days when Facebook ads were right-hand rail on desktop only. So I've seen a lot of changes to the platforms over the years, uh, and mostly for the better and for the more fun. Oh, good. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. And then your agency is a digital marketing agency that. Yeah. So we're a digital marketing agency uh, focused first on paid social, but also direct response ads, Google ads. Perfect. We do also offer organic services and other creative services and technical services as well. Uh, but we really made our name in the space with paid social, particularly as Facebook and Instagram uh, really scaled as businesses and their ad platforms became more and more powerful. We've really ridden that rave, ridden that wave for the last ten years. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Okay, so let's talk about uh, lead generation ad campaign. We'll talk about lead generation first because I know that when I talk to clients or uh, people that uh, try to create conversion, you know, lead gen is one conversation, and then e-commerce is always, of course, another one. So let's start with lead generation. So kind of give us a, a background kind of premise on how you guys are leveraging and how are you guys making that work for your clients? Sure. So I think the first thing to think about is there is no out of the box solution. Every lead gen campaign and design should be designed specifically for the business that you are working with. We just kicked off today uh, a new client that actually has a website that helps agents enroll people into Obamacare. So okay. our lead generation for that is going to be very, very different than the lead generation we do for WBEZ, which is the NPR wing uh, of uh, in, in Chicago. And okay. our lead generation for them 
is actually based on newsletter signups. So okay. it's very, very different of running yep. someone to a content piece where you've blocked off the rest unless they give you an email versus we're going to do an education series uh, for this Obamacare client, getting people to learn about this platform. So first you need to think, what, what do I offer that's unique to, to my business and really try to build your lead campaign around it? Then the second piece of the puzzle, particularly on social, is really, really good creative. So thinking mm -hmm. about what's going to stand out in that feed, how can I get my click-through rate up as high as possible and drop my CPC as possible? Because where a lot of people struggle in lead generation is they're targeting a pretty small audience. So naturally, that means that you're going to have a much higher CPM and a much lower CTR. Okay, so hold on, hold on, hold on. You're saying CPC, CTM, CTR. Remember, uh, keep in mind, my audience is uh, your solopreneur, your small business owner, uh, and maybe a business coach, an author, a speaker. So uh, they're not going to know your CPCs and CTRs. So just be careful. <laughs> so, uh, CPM is cost per thousand impressions. So the smaller your audience, generally, the more it's going to cost in terms mm -hmm. of dollars for impressions. And the smaller your audience, the lower your click-through rate, meaning your ads are going to be less efficient. And you're also going to drive up that CPC. So one, it's important to have the best possible creative to stand out given your audience size. Right. Two, right. thinking about audience size, a lot of people make the huge mistake of saying my audience is females 30 to 35. They live in the Midwest uh, and they love cats and they make their targeting really, really tight, especially on paid social. And I think a lot of those misconceptions started around political ads where things were very, very targeted around people. Yeah. Uh, and keep in mind, a lot of those uh, targets on political ads are, are only because of the electoral college. If we had a national election, the advertising would be very, very different. And generally speaking, the best way to target on paid social is not by having a very, very tight audience, but it's by having great creative that speaks to a broad but particular type of person. Okay. So those but are two, two big things. Okay. So you don't want it too broad, right? Because then you're going to get capture people that are is not within the parameter. Is that correct? If you're not, too necessarily, not, not necessarily on your targeting. Uh, the majority of the targeting that we do has zero targeting, ages 18 to 65 plus, yep. 21 to 65 plus if it's an alcoholic product. Okay. And um, our creative I, is what does all of the targeting. Okay. So I'll give you an example. Let's, um, let's say that we have a transmission manufacturing company, but people sure. are calling him for transmission service. Mm-hmm. Just so two that. different audience, right? Two different audience because the trans uh, transmission manufacturing is really targeting that B2B business. Whereas the trans, the person looking for transmission service is looking for that mechanic that, right? Right. And so, so um, go ahead. Sorry. So it'd be very important that your creative then speaks to those businesses and not towards the consumer yeah. and you need to try hard to make that delineation yes. in both your copy as well as your creative. Yes. Yeah. I think the, probably the big thing for a lot of business uh, and especially uh, the small business that probably does their own ads or whatever, you know, do the boost, what have you is they don't think about 
the target audience and the creative has a, a serious, right? combination effect there that that really uh i've seen uh business owners boost like articles like non-relevant stuff that's gonna convert right the first thing that i would suggest is never boost a post okay you want to create an ad in in facebook example you want to create an ad in ads manager and have it optimized towards a lead either capturing that lead on platform or capturing that lead on your website and making sure that the Facebook pixel is uh, installed properly. But boosting a post is going to get you nothing but engagement from bots. And you're literally lighting money on fire. I'd be shocked if any or all business owners in the last, you know, let's say two years of boosting posts have gotten any sort of meaningful business from it. Be careful, Brian. Be careful. Really, really important. Make sure that you take take the time to learn how to use the tools. Uh, otherwise, you're literally lighting your ad budget on fire. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> be careful. I think some of the small businesses will probably say that they get a lot of their business from boosting their own posts, you know. Um, but I don't know. Like, people would have to comment and drop a line. Um, and- I'd love to see the comments. Please drop them in. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. If you are boosting and you're having success, drop a drop a comment because Brian would love to hear from you and he would love to have that conversation. Uh, okay. Uh, so uh, back to our, okay. So lead generation. So can we talk about what lead generation is and, and why people run lead generation? Sure. Uh, well, there's a, a lot of reasons why you would run lead generation. Uh, yeah. The bottom line is you're probably hoping to get some sort of business out of it eventually. Um, it looks very different for a lot of different industries. Uh, yeah. I drive leads for telehealth companies, so people that enroll in, in health services. I drive leads for newsletters uh, that yep. get money from advertisers. Uh, I drive leads, like I said, for uh, healthcare companies uh, in the Obamacare space. Yep. Uh, so they're all very different, but they all really kind of want the same thing. And that's a qualified lead. Yep. Uh, they don't they don't want spam. So trying to make sure that you're creating relevant content, but also not being too clickbaity uh, and making sure that you've put at least a few hurdles sometimes in front of people before they give you that lead information to make sure they're a real person and to make sure that it's a considered purchase or a considered person uh, entering your lead funnel. Okay. Now, because you've been doing a lot of uh, Facebook ads and you've been doing it for quite a while, I'm curious as to your feedback and do you feel like the organic form on Facebook is preferred over driving traffic to a website? Uh, the on-platform form on Facebook will generally give you less quality in yep. terms of email capture, but it'll probably be cheaper. Okay. And they've also done a lot of innovating actually in the last six months. So they have a new product called lead filtering, which is really cool. Where you can ask like a buying question, like, do you expect to be buying a transmission in the next 12 months? Uh, and it would optimize towards only people answering yes. I've actually seen a pretty cool deck from Facebook about the their product launches uh, that mm-hmm. are beta this year that they hope to have live in 2023. Uh, one of them is really cool in which you start your lead on a form on Facebook, but yep. you finish it on the website. Yep. Uh, they also just launched lead call ads, which are kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, my experience so far is a pretty expensive, but 
calls are pretty important to some businesses. Yep. Uh, so I would say experiment with both because there isn't one answer that's right or wrong. Uh, and trying to uh, leverage those products in the best way possible. So like another thing they added to lead forms this year is rich creative. Okay. We just added a bunch of reviews for a client into their lead forms that they use on Facebook. And it's having a great, great pickup for us in terms of quality. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. And then uh, I had a question as you were talking because uh, one popped up and now it escaped me because you captivated me on the last part of it. Uh, it'll come to me and I'll get back to it. Oh no, here we go. Okay. So what about the, uh, and this is our, on the organic form. What about the, I guess, how do you prevent from getting people that said, I didn't know what I was clicking or you know what I mean? You're messaging them and then they say, yeah. well, I didn't click on that. I don't know what you're talking about or blah, 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 blah. It, well, it's amazing how many people will give you that same response. Yeah. And uh, that's where I think that products like the lead filter or yep. putting a few roadblocks in front of people, yep. sometimes asking for more information turns people off. Yep. Uh, so usually those type of things happen when you ask for name and email and people just hit click. It's yep. auto-populated and they hit click. So I would say if that's if you're getting that that case, put more roadblocks in front of gotcha. people. Make it make it a longer form. Uh, Facebook even has a, a setting of more intent where they yep. make you sweat through a second screen before submitting that form. So putting friction in place is important to make sure you're not getting those really really poor leads. Okay. And that's great advice. I appreciate that. Uh, okay. So let's talk about, let's segue now to e-commerce because I know sure. e-commerce can be very challenging and I know that can be very expensive. Sure. Uh, well, I'd, I'd say that almost any marketing campaign get pretty expensive pretty quick if you don't know what you're doing. Right. Uh, I'd say the biggest thing uh, on the e-com side is making sure your, your pixel is set up properly so that you're transmitting value back to Facebook and or you're using things like Facebook shops or Instagram shopping, if appropriate, towards your product uh, to have the most possible chance for success. Okay. And so let me just emphasize this for anyone who's viewing in case they don't know. A Pixo is just code. It's code drop on the back end of your website so that when someone lands on the various pages, it's tracking behavior, it's tracking activity. So a pixel, if you ever hear a pixel, it's really important to your ad campaign. I feel like it is uh, on Facebook or Instagram. You, you really need this pixel in place. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then that's when you need to really consult with a professional to get that pixel dropped on your website, because that really is going to help you have a more successful campaign. Right, Brian? And, and, and to be clear, it, that might sound difficult. It would take someone who's kind of technical savvy 10 to 15 minutes to install yep. on most websites. Uh, a lot of WordPress websites have option, a plugin yep. that works right away. Uh, so, uh, Shopify has a switch that you literally just toggle yep. on and off. Yep. And if your developer is telling you it's going to take five or six hours to put, they're ripping you off. Um, <laughs> this is not hard. This is not hard to do. Uh, early on in our business, we've got a technical lead on our team now who can code natively. Yeah. But for years, I was essentially the technical lead as we were building the business. Mm -hmm. And people would ask me, uh, do you know how to code? And I'd say, no, but I know enough to be dangerous. Right. So you don't need to be a giant, great developer to harness these tools. 
uh, and they're really easy to do. So even if you aren't a technically savvy person and you want to dive in, you could probably figure it out with a few YouTube videos or you can leverage someone else to get that done for you in literally 30 minutes or so. Right. And I would uh, I would concur and I would agree because um, if you are a little techie and you understand as uh, like Brian said, a lot of the websites now have it where it's a plug-in app or something on your site that it makes it really easy. They don't want to make it complicated. Trust me, they don't. They want <laughs> you to, yeah, they want you to get it on there because it's only going to help your business. Absolutely, only helps. It also only helps their business because yeah. uh, you know all the rumors. Of, well, Facebook must be listening to me or. Uh, it knows it's in my head or whatever yeah. the conspiracy theory, a tinfoil hat theories. Well, it knows what you're interested in because it sees the content that you're on because almost yep. everyone that's advertising has the pixel there. Uh, so it's a two way street and that you get better ads uh, as a business owner, but you also get better ads that you, things that you're interested in as a consumer. Yep. Yep. And so for e-commerce, I feel like there's even more relevance to have it because if you're looking, I, you know, Shopify is a powerful machine. It's powerful and it can do some amazing things. But if you're, if you don't have the tools in place, you're not going to be able to use the mo- momentum of that power. Right. Yes. Then you'd be it's just like boosting a post at that point. Yeah. Uh, you're just optimizing for link clicks and trust me, Facebook will find someone or something to click that ad. Yeah. Uh, when you're optimizing for conversion, your cost per click is actually going to go up, but your conversion is going to go up even higher. So can we talk about e-commerce then as far as creative? Because again, that's a different beast, right? Because it is a product mm-hmm. driven. So how do you how do you manage and, chal- and, and overcome those challenges with e-com? Well, the same thing first is that it matters on the product. So selling a ticket for the Chicago Bulls with an e-commerce ad uh, it doesn't necessarily mean the same as selling an ad for or selling a T-shirt for a T-shirt right. company. Uh, so format is is really important. Okay. So not just format in terms of still versus video, but also carousel yep. or instant experience ads for some types of e-commerce products. Whereas probably more considered larger purchases, it's probably a larger single image ad uh, or a video ad selling an experience. So it depends exactly what the product is. And so sometimes if you're selling a product, it fits in one format, but an experience fits in another or a more considered purchase fits in another. So I think the first piece of the puzzle is to test different ad formats uh, okay. on the different platforms. I think that's really important. So for Google, that could be Google Shopping, yep. uh, Performance Max, YouTube, Search, testing all those different formats to find out what works best for your business. And the I- same on Facebook. So testing carousel versus video yep carousel versus instant experience uh letting the algorithm pull out your products for you rather than picking them one by one and and testing the various methods okay so that would be my next question is um are you when you guys do ads for e-coms are you guys running multiple ads like how how does that as far as like structurally what you guys are doing sure so best practice is to have at least one still and one video in gotcha. all of your ad sets in Facebook. So yep. one of each. More often than not, these days, we're actually seeing our images outperform our video. Oh, wow. Uh, but for some businesses, actually restaurants, Reels is by far the best placement right now. Yeah. So it's really important to think about customization 
for the different placements as well. Okay. Okay. And that's very smart. Thank you for sharing. And I can see um, restaurants doing well with reels because once you see that sizzling food, it makes you hungry. It's really easy to get good UGC yeah. uh, people because t- people love taking pictures of their food and posting yeah. it to all their friends and yeah. tagging the restaurant. So it's it's really easy to reach out and get permission to use because they feel like hot shots now, too. Right. Right. That's awesome. Well, cool. OK, so now let's talk about price point, um, because I think this this question comes up a lot. People don't know how much to invest and we can be hypothetical, too, if you need sure. us to be in regards to if someone had, let's say, a five dollar product, right? One five dollar product. What's their investment for e-commerce and, you know, how long and, and what's the likelihood? Because you and I both know that this is a consistency game. It's not mm-hmm. a one and done. There's no one and done's. You have to stay at it for it to work. It's just like investing in stock market. Just make sure that whatever you put out there is effective and it's good that that you're doing right for the long haul. So tell me what your thoughts are in regards to how do you pick a budget based on what your product, good or service is? So let's talk about it really conceptually and I'll boil it down to a simple question. It should be whatever you can afford to spend versus what are you okay losing? So if I know that I can invest $2 and get five back and that hits my unit economics, I'm going to spend as much money as possible pouring it onto the engine uh, to get as many sales as possible and seeing at what point does it decline. So I never want to think of a budget as a static thing. On the other hand, if I'm coming, I'm trying this advertising thing for the first time and I don't know what it's going to do, I'd say your budget should be a, a number that you're okay with losing. Uh, and like, well, we're going to learn one way or the other. Is this going to work for us? Right. So the way we approach it with clients is we start with a 90 day sprint. Uh, and I advise our clients to pay, spend at least a hundred dollars a day. Uh, okay. So we get enough, get enough learnings over that 90 days to figure out if this is going to work for them. And if this is going to scale properly for them. Uh, the first job I had coming out of college, uh, I was our director of social media and eventually became the VP of social media. But our ad budget was literally unlimited. Uh, we had to, if we drove leads at a specific cost and we learned our closing percent, we needed as many leads as possible. Uh, and we grew that company when I was there from like a $2 million company up to like a $36 million company. When I left, uh, it's a $200 million company today. So, uh, and that was just by being very aggressive on the lead side yep. and knowing that we had a really, really good sales team on the back end that could close those leads. So we were really aggressive with our ad spend because we knew our unit economics. Okay. So what if someone can't afford a hundred dollars a day? And, and let me, let me yeah. be hypothetical again too, Brian. So let's say that this, um, person, uh, just started their business maybe, you know, and Mm -hmm. they set aside some money and their runway is maybe like six months, but they have a limit of 500 a month. I mean, should they even do them? That's, that's what I'm trying to get at. Like, you know what I mean? I think you can for less, but I I probably, I, I would probably still have a larger daily budget and a shorter time horizon as far as like, okay, I'm going to run this for a week and see what happens. Pause, mm-hmm. 
see what I learned, regroup, make some changes, maybe start again in two weeks. Okay. So I I would try to go a little more heavy on the daily ad spend Yep. because a key piece to Facebook is getting through the learning phase. Yep. And the learning phase is those 50 initial conversions, uh, usually in 48 hours uh, and getting enough conversions in that the algorithm is optimized in the best possible way. Facebook's general statement is that your ads are 15% more effective once you get through that learning phase. So I would definitely probably lean on going a little bit bigger in my budget uh, on a daily basis in a shorter time horizon if I'm extremely constrained. Okay, that's great advice. That's that's great because that's what I was kind of fishing for is how would you guide someone in that kind of situation? Because everybody's in a different, right? In a different state of mind, a different bucket. And I think the big thing that I have learned from most businesses is they don't know how to allocate in marketing budget, right? They don't know. They don't know where to start. They don't know how to um, really think <laughs> about that, you know? And that's pretty normal, actually. So like, I'm in a business group with a lot of entrepreneurs that are in all sorts of different types of uh, industries. And they often have the exact same question. Uh, But I have the same answer. If you're tracking everything everything properly and you're set up to track your success, your budget should still be unlimited or something you're okay with losing. Right. And a lot of people just aren't, a lot of people just aren't tracking if it's working or not. Right. And so then they throw up their shoulders and say, I I don't know. It's really important that you're set up to measure properly from the beginning. Otherwise you're never going to know how to allocate your marketing budget. Yeah. So let's talk about that then for a minute, because if they're doing some sort of ad campaign and they put heavy dollars in it, they shouldn't be doing anything else, right? They should isolate that to measure it effectively. Depends on how you're going to measure things. Uh, if you're going to measure things on the last click uh, through your website uh, using Google Analytics, uh, you should be fine running multiple things at once. Okay. But you have to make sure that your tracking is really clear and set right. up properly so that you feel comfortable with that. Now, if you're doing something offline uh, at the same time, I'd say, yeah, that is probably a danger that if you're putting up billboards all around yep. town at the same time that you're scaling your Facebook spend, uh, <laughs> you could get really confusing signals. Right. Right. Um, and it's, and it's always great to track and tracking comes in various ways that you can track. Is that correct? For, Brian? Sure. For sure. I mean, there's call tracking, there's uh, obviously things like Google analytics. Uh, there's other part, already more advanced tracking platforms. Uh, or the most intimate, just ask, how did yeah, you hear about although me? Although you'll often get a lie. Uh, it's amazing how many people say I just clicked on an ad and I'm yeah. like, no, they definitely came in through an organic channel. Yeah. Uh, so oh, a, f- a friend told me about it and like, no, you definitely clicked on this ad. So uh, you, a friend might've told you about something like it or, or maybe even it, but you clicked on this ad, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the good old drop down on your website of how did you hear about us? Uh, not very effective. Uh, yeah. So I always tell people, make sure you've got analytics on your website and probably even a second piece of analytics, something like a mixed panel. Uh, yeah. to double check you see that you know what you're seeing is correct yeah on my uh i have uh, a tracking mechanism it's just a simple question on my calendly it just says how did you hear about us and um it's open-ended so that means that i don't feed them right uh sources it's open-ended 
And um, the effort comes through LinkedIn and LinkedIn always pops up on there. That makes yeah. sense. That so makes yeah, sense. so it really does match. Um, so if you're tracking, it has to be relatable to that situation immediately because they know immediately, right? I know. For sure. For yeah. Sure. Uh, okay. And so what is success for an e-commerce? What is success? I'd say when you know your numbers, uh, if you, if you, if you know that this is profitable, great. If you know this is unprofitable, okay. You learned something. Uh, when you know your numbers, I, I think you're in a place where you can grow, uh, and eventually get to that profitable profitability space. Uh, but you have to know your numbers. There's some businesses that we work with when we start working with them, ask pretty basic stuff of, you know, what's your closing percentage and what's your lifetime value? And yep. they kind of shrug their shoulders at me. And I'm like, we can't help you scale your business unless you know these numbers. So we're going we're to have to learn them together. Yep. Yep. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because I was about to say that um, the business owner or whoever is in charge of running these ad campaigns, whether it is a lead gen or e-commerce, you know, the biggest thing that you do want to know is what is your activity now? What is happening now? So that when you do click through or, or start a campaign, you will define and know what happens after the fact. And then, Absolutely. yeah, I mean, because at the end of the day, that's the other thing is every business is different. So the results will be different. So maybe a campaign for one business will create a bunch of right conversions where another campaign for a different cam um, business is going to be a little more. And maybe it's because of price point. It's cheaper on one. It's more expensive. It's a higher price point. You know, there's so many dynamics, right, that play into an ad campaign. For sure. For sure. And that's where uh, it goes back, I guess, to that first piece that Puzzle was talking about, CPM, CDR. Yep. I'm always initially looking at what's my cost per click? What's my conversion on my landing page? Yeah. And maybe it's what's my conversion on e-commerce and getting those two levers to be aligned so that I'm profitable and hitting my goals. Okay. So you kind of gave us a little success story in the beginning. Can you share with us uh, as the company that you have now, not from where sure. you were before, uh, some success stories or, you know, a challenge you had and you guys overcame or anything like that? Yeah, well, of course, COVID was the biggest challenge. Uh, we lost half our business in a few yep. months uh, as we work with a lot of professional sports teams and restaurants uh, and they were all closed for business pretty darn quickly. Yep. So that was the biggest challenge, uh, but I think everyone has kind of went through that together. Yeah. So we don't need to harp on that too much. You know, I think probably the biggest challenge has just been the grind of taking that bad client to get that okay client, to get that good client, to get that great client. Uh, and we still take clients sometimes that aren't a great fit. When we look back, like, yeah, we probably shouldn't have even taken them out as a client in the first place that won't yep. put some yellow flags uh, in that first call with us. Uh, but just grinding through those different personalities as, as we grew the business over time. Uh, we didn't pick a specific niche in that, like we didn't just pick the sports industry only and we're only going to target the sports industry. We picked basically a service and that was direct response ads uh, yep. and paid social and organic social and just really tried to keep that really tight offering. And that allowed us to work across a broad range of industries, which I actually think has been a, a big boost for our clients and that we see tactics that work in one industry and then we can apply them in another. Uh, and that's been really interesting as we've grown. Yeah. And so let me emphasize this because um, 
I like that you said that because I think a lot of people fail to realize that when you hire a professional agency that is doing ad campaigns for several clients across the board, that is basically what they're doing. They're looking at what, what works on this client, what works on this client, and really using that information, right? That information that is so beneficial and applying it to the different other clients so they see the same success. Whereas if you're doing it yourself, there is no pool of information. There is no sourcing, right? You're on your own and you're just testing what you, either your gut feeling says or what you have learned or picked up here or there, you know? So and the majority of people will say, my industry is really unique. It has to be done this way. And, and that is true of some industries. Like there's yes. definitely been people tell me that and then I get into it and I'm like, wow, this is really freaking unique. Yes. But there are a Go lot ahead. of people that also tell me that and I'm like, well, I just did this thing on this other client and I think it's going to work over here and I'm right. Yeah. Yes. So um, people really need to keep that in mind um, because I think that is a huge benefit for a digital marketing company. Whereas, again, you have resources and a pool of clients that you have tried things that work that you can apply to other clients. And it is a benefit. It is a huge benefit. Uh, so we want people to understand and think about that as we uh, continue the conversation. OK, Brian, so how do people get a hold of you? Yeah, it's really simple. Uh, you can either find me on LinkedIn, which is pretty darn easy. Uh, or just go to our website, uh, matchnode, M-A-T-C-H-N-O-D-E.com. Yes. And I have it in the scroll below. And I'll just reiterate it. It's match, M-A-T-C-H, node, N-O-D-E.com. And also connect with Brian on LinkedIn, right? They can connect it. with you. Okay. Yeah. So Brian will welcome anybody's connection if you want to reach out Um it, can they just have a chat with you? You know, can sure. they just, sure. okay. I'm happy to help. And if we want to get in an argument about boosted posts, we can, <laughs> do, we can do it on this podcast in the LinkedIn comments. That's no problem. Uh, awesome. I love it. To, I'm happy to jump in. That, that's awesome. Anything for anybody listening today? Do you have anything special that you're offering? Well, I, I've, I've said this a lot today. Uh, know your numbers. Let's get your tracking set. Uh, and if you have those fundamentals in place, there's no reason that you can't discover what your ad budget should be rather than just trying to pick a number out of thin air. I agree. I agree. Cause you know, it's proper planning and again, understanding the dynamics of your business and how much is that lead? How much is that lead worth to you? What is the lifetime value of that lead or that sell, whatever it is that you're doing? And, Those and are how many bad leads do you have to churn through to get one good lead? Right. Thinking about it that way too. Yeah. And that's a great point. That's a great point. Um, okay. Well, thank you for joining me, Brian. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You having me, Kat. Uh, awesome. I'll see you later. <laughs> All right. Have a great one. Uh, thank you for joining me on the Stand Out and Grow podcast. Uh, this was really, really a beneficial conversation I had with Brian uh, Davison. Um, very helpful in uh, digital marketing, especially with lead generation ads and e-commerce ads. So if you are just now connecting and listening, I would hit the replay, watch it from the beginning and learn a lot about what Brian had to share. Um, thank you. And until next time, you got this.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Stand Out and Grow. Check out all the notes and links at www.standoutandgrow.com. I am so thankful to you for helping this show continue to grow. I want to keep producing content that you want to hear, so please leave me some feedback. I look forward to bringing you more resources and information to help your business stand out and grow. Please follow us on social media and make sure you follow this podcast so you can learn more about helping your business stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. Until next time, you got this. Advertise helps businesses stand out and grow with affordable advertising options. We will help you make good business decisions so you can save money and not just throw it against the wall to see if it sticks. Get your free strategic advertising analysis today so you can see the opportunities to stand out and grow your business. Visit www.standoutandgrow.com offers page to learn more.